It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Million, and this is a podcast where we challenge sexism in the music industry and empower fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And if you stick around long enough, we'll also let you in on some new music the girls are already crazy about. So Sarah, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about blackfishing. I feel like we just need to hit the nail straight on the head with this one and just say what we're talking about. Because I feel like for anybody who's been paying attention to music news lately, we're well aware that Jesse Nelson, who was in Little Mix, finally had her single solo debut, which has been like hyped up like that marketing budget to promote Jesse Nelson as a solo artist could have been better spent on like doing research um, uh. on, <laughs> on maybe what what Jesse's uh, family tree was like. Oh maybe God. they should have done that. I feel like I mentioned this in our Little Mix specific episode but i can't remember if i did i have always thought that jesse nelson was a mixed race woman (laughs) yeah you did mention this i always had that assumption i like i like their music but i wasn't like a super fan so i never looked into it and i was like oh there's two mixed race people in (laughs) little mix leanne and jesse there are two mixed race people but it's not jesse yeah, no, it's Jade, which like should have been obvious. But I guess also I get confused because people are always like the Kardashians are white and it's like the Kardashians are Middle Eastern. So it's the same thing, you know, where do you draw the line on what is white? Yeah, the whole idea of like what a white woman is and looks like has been so skewed that I looked at a half Middle Eastern woman and was like, ah, a white lady because of the Kardashians. Yeah, well, also because Jade and Jesse were more similar in their appearance and skin tone then and perry was like very yeah. much obviously like a white girl so yeah yeah there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there and i mean jesse nelson isn't the first woman in pop music to take on the idea of black women as their persona like wake up one day and be like ah yes i'm going to identify as black now and there is nothing you can do about it no matter what you say i'm gonna keep doing it and so it's interesting because like this has been happening forever throughout history throughout all media from blackface to blackfishing and i guess like blackfishing is supposedly different but i feel like it's pretty similar it is well we're gonna we're gonna look at the definitions but i will say in this episode like i mean the reason that we really wanted to talk about this is because while while what jesse nelson has done in her recent music video for boys has been accused of blackfishing it's more so all the drama that's unfolded around it of Nicki minaj getting involved Little Mix supposedly, allegedly getting involved. So we're going to be unpacking all of that for you guys. But before we get there, we do want to take it back to what is blackfishing? Because as you know, we always love to bring the education into this. Yeah, and I feel like this term has been around forever, but it feels it like it has been around. It. When you were like, it came about like three years ago. I was like, what do you mean it came about three years ago? I was like, <laughs> no, no, this has been, blackfishing has existed since the age of the internet, but apparently not. 
The, the term yeah. was literally coined in 2018. It's just it's so interesting doing the research for this and having the realizations. I feel like this has happened a few times where we've dug into the more quote unquote educational side to topics that we normally are just like, oh, like this is a word that exists. This is a thing that exists. And we're like, oh, shit, that's so much newer than I ever thought it was going to yeah. be. Or like, oh, wow, this has existed longer than I thought it did. Yeah. And so it's quite interesting. But yeah, in regards to the term flag fishing, it didn't exist until 2018. And it was coined in a viral Twitter thread by Toronto-based freelance writer Juana Thompson. And basically, in this Twitter thread, she defined black fishing as, quote, when white public figures, influencers, and the like do everything in their power to appear black in an attempt to achieve ambiguity by doing things such as wearing hairstyles or clothing trends that have been pioneered by black women. And so basically what she was saying is that black fishing creates a quote dangerous paradox as it enables white people to participate in black culture without taking on the full experience of blackness and the systemic discrimination that comes with it so i feel like this is this very <laughs> it's this weird thing where i feel like people are like oh this is cultural appropriation but according to the Oxford Dictionary, cultural appropriation is, quote, the unacknowledged or inappropriate adoption of the customs, practices, ideas, etc. of one people or society by members of another and typically more dominant people or society. So technically, they're different things because black fishing is more so adopting a look and like an aesthetic rather than having a cookout or things like that. I guess also when we think about American black culture because of America and colonization and slavery, it's more so that most black people in America don't know their roots because of slavery so to me i feel like black fishing is almost like a subset of cultural appropriation because cultural appropriation is when it's more like oh that's clearly like from a certain culture as in like country but whereas like i feel like black american culture has evolved to be its like own thing and in a lot of ways it's picked apart and it's thrown into popular culture and so it's like because of the way that america has evolved and people have evolved and immigrated and different influences from various places have come together black culture in america has evolved in like a very specific type of way that these are the aspects that people are taking from basically what i'm trying to say is that to me cultural appropriation is like when there's a more clearly defined culture of you know like there's certain household values and traditions and like different things like these but like black american culture does have that also it's just more so the lines of what black american culture is are less defined than like what something like Indian culture would be because people grew up with that type of heritage for their entire, you know, years and years and years and years. Whereas black American culture has largely evolved out of colonization and slavery and black Americans coming from all different backgrounds coming together and sharing what they grew up with. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I think that based off of what I'm reading here and what you're saying and just like general knowledge or whatever, the idea of black fishing is kind of like looking at the cover of the book without looking at what's inside, whereas cultural appropriation is like reading the whole book and taking the bits and pieces you mm. like from it rather than just like seeing the outside and seeing the package and being like, oh, I like the package, but like I don't know anything else about them and it doesn't matter because like they're viewed as lesser sort of thing is like what the vibe is because they're not they're not taking like 
black food. They're not taking any of these things. They're taking like an aesthetic. They're taking a look. So they're doing the braids, but they don't know the reason behind the braids existing. They're darkening their skin. They're making their lips fuller. They're doing all these things that on the outside looking in, they're like, oh, that's what like black people do. But they don't know why. They don't know the history behind it. And that doesn't matter to them because they've decided that those looks are desirable on a different type of body than a black person. Yeah, but even with cultural appropriation, if you think about people wearing kimonos or like Native American headdresses, they don't necessarily know anything about that culture either. They just think it's cool for aesthetics. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's like confusing because I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But I mean, like, that was just like what the definition of black fishing feels like is that it's like, oh, like, I don't care about the blackness behind it. I just care about looking this way and taking something and making it mine. I see what you're saying. Whereas, like, I mean, technically, like the Oxford Dictionary definition does focus more on the adoption of customs and practices rather than the aesthetics. So I see your point here. Yeah. Yeah, it's all so complicated, but like on the surface, what black fishing is, is like looking at something and being like, I want to look like that, but I don't care about like why they look like that or anything else about it. I just want to have that look as mine and they're going to try and pull it into white culture to some degree, which I feel like is what's going on with lip filler or these certain things where now it's changed the whole beauty standard idea because in America like we are so focused on whiteness and we are so focused on like the Eurocentric beauty standards and these things of like well we were for such a long time of small women with tiny noses and like these certain looks that women were supposed to have and then the Kardashians started like appropriating blackness and getting their asses done and their boobs done and their faces done and their lips made bigger and all these things that for some reason they were given this power to change what the American beauty standards were. But in doing so, they made it what white women are supposed to look like instead of shining a light and being like, oh, I think that black women are really beautiful. So I'm going to emulate them. Instead, they were like, no, this is what white people have looked like this whole time. Oh, my God. And that all these white girls are trying to look exactly like them and be like, yeah, we've looked like this the whole time. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> that's what, it's that's what's happening. It's like, there, it's, it's, it's like this constant gaslighting of white beauty standards when the Kardashians aren't even really... 100% white. They're mixed race. <laughs> They're half Middle Eastern. So it's like a weird thing. It is a very weird thing. Because also it's like I'm saying with my whole chest that the Kardashians are mixed race. They are Armenian. I don't even know. Like I feel like that's Middle Eastern. It's probably not viewed as white. But like also I have no idea because America invented whiteness. If you go to Europe, people aren't like I'm white. They're like I'm German. I'm French. Yeah. I'm Italian. They're yeah. never like I'm a white person. So I don't know. I'm just like putting my dumb American brain onto <laughs> the idea of like what I assume an Armenian person in America oh. would identify as but like i have no fucking idea so please call me out if i'm being nonsensical oh by calling the kardashians mixed race well technically i mean if we're being super technical mixed race is just that like technically i'm mixed race <laughs> i'm not 100 one race. thing <laughs> back to the thought of what 
effect is blackfishing having in society? Where have we seen this before? There was a really great article we read called Rethinking Appropriation and Wokeness in Pop Music that came out in Pitchfork in 2020. This journalist, Raria Kamir, writes, Music has long been the site of cultural shifts and continued as a potent venue for discourse about the intersections of race and power. Around 2013, and for the two or three years that followed, race and race play became increasingly common lenses through which to digest and discuss pop music. Segments of the public watched, named, and critiqued, for example, Miley Cyrus Banger's era performance and how she was profiting from black women while rendering them invisible. What was disparagingly dismissed as outrage culture could have more generously been understood as collective grappling with concepts that weren't new but were newly front and center. So case in point, what we've been saying is this has been happening for ages. This has been happening since the days of minstrelsy and blackface in music, in music performances, in film, but we didn't really have a word for it. We didn't have language for it. And I think Sarah, to your point earlier in this podcast, you said this just feels like the updated version of blackface. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's always been that especially in America, because we're American, we're American focused on a lot of this stuff. It's like in America for the longest time, people with white skin were the majority and black people were second class citizens. Like they weren't treated like humans for the longest time. First they were slaves, then they were like quote unquote free people. And then they finally started to have rights, but that took that took forever. And so you have these situations where like they don't want to hire black people to be in film. So they're painting white people's faces is brown they're doing all these things they're essentially like trying to have black people without actually having real black people and that's continued on into pop music and what continues to happen right now is like what i was saying before how the kardashian family somehow was given the power to change beauty standards so much that people are like oh white women have always looked like this it feels like this constant trying to take what isn't ours as white people and make it ours and try and be like those people don't exist we're not taking that from them this has always been what we've been like this is always what we've done and that's not the case at all and I feel like recently we thankfully have been seeing more people of color more black women more black men in the spotlight actually getting recognition for stuff that they're doing but it's still not at the same level it's still not the same thing but thankfully we are seeing people calling out Jesse Nelson we are seeing the conversation happening where people are like this is definitely three thousand steps too far into this direction even when you have these black people working with her trying to come to bat for her and be like oh it's fine you're my friend and it's like but everyone else is saying it's not fine so clearly there's something wrong here so the reason that things are still not equal because some people might say, but like there's lots of black artists on the billboard chart, the radio rap is most popular genre in the world right now. Like people might argue that no black people are having their time in the spotlight. Right. But Mm -hmm. it's not true because there's still this discrepancy of how people are treated in America and honestly, a lot of other countries too. But obviously speaking from the American perspective here, what we saw with Black Lives Matter all of 2020 into this year, the pay gap. And then we have colorism where a lot of the articles that we read pointed out that instead of just hiring black models, they're hiring 
lighter skinned black models or mixed race models to represent diversity. And very rarely do you see a dark skinned woman in an advertising campaign. It's the same type of concept of there's still not actual representation. Another one of these articles was pointing out like women with fuller lips, women with curvy hips. They're treated entirely differently when they're out on the street versus like the Kardashians who are emulating this same exact thing, but they have such a position of privilege and power that it's not affecting them in the same way that it's affecting people who are just born with these characteristics. Yeah, because we still live, as it's been proven since Donald Trump became president, we very much so live in like a country that's overrun with white supremacists, Nazis, like fucking psychopaths who are just like, white is the way it is, and they're easily brainwashed, as it's also been proven. So they're just like, oh, like this is what white women have always looked like. It's fine. I think also, as you were talking about, white culture is the dominant culture of America, has been the dominant culture yeah. of America, and largely because of America loves to think it's number one at everything. It projects this same view onto the rest of the world. And a lot of that we also have to thank for Hollywood because Hollywood is a global thing. And what's representation in Hollywood is being projected onto the global scale. So a lot of it is just like white people taking what is not theirs for the aesthetics, for fun, and then still not giving anyone else rights. And then I think this has just evolved into as we have more mixing of cultures and like as hopefully white people especially white supremacists become the lesser population in America I think there's probably there's a good portion of well-meaning people who also just don't know how to accept and appreciate a culture without appropriating it because Mm -hmm. we literally have just like no one no one ever has like ever just done it in like a normal okay or like nice way it's always like way off the deep end and like nobody just knows how to like be a normal person And I mean, like, you also see that when Hollywood is so powerful, even in other countries, like, they mainly will get, like, movies from Hollywood as well as, like, just movies that are made where they live. It's like, you could probably be in a country where there aren't a lot of white people or in a country where there are only white people like in Europe somewhere you know like small countries I'm talking and they could make the assumption of like oh all American white women look like this or act like this because this is the prototype that I'm seeing in film so then they come to America or whatever and your minds are blown because it's like oh shit I didn't realize that this was a problem because I don't know anything other than what I'm being fed from the media and from Hollywood because I live in like a small country or a small town in a small country or whatever, you know? And so it's like these ideas of white people taking things that aren't theirs, making them theirs and trying to convince the world we've had this this whole time. This has always been ours. And I mean, like I've seen like at least three black women on TikTok who have accounts to do these things where it's like, oh, is this like a black woman looking amazing? Or is this like a white girl with too much tan? And the amount of times where I've gotten that wrong is embarrassing. No. And even even the creators of these videos will be like, I thought that this was a black girl until I like scrolled far enough back on her Instagram because a lot of them get a shit ton of work done. You never look at them and are like, oh, they're fully black, but you look at them and you're like, they look like a mixed race person. Mm-hmm. And that's what these creators are saying is it's like, we have a problem here when they're getting their faces and bodies altered so much that you look at a real mixed race woman and a not mixed race woman and you think that the not mixed race woman is white and that the mixed race 
race woman is black because this has just become normal. It is crazy because it's like there are so many different shades of color and skin tone and different things. And it's like Halsey is a biracial woman, but she's white passing. You know, like her skin is white, but she is a black woman because her father is black. And it's like these situations where like then you have a legitimate alabaster skinned girl going to like a tanning bed on like whatever. I don't know how tanning beds work, (laughs) but like just getting like the highest tan possible and coming out and you're like, oh, Italians are black. Oh my God. Italians aren't white. Yeah. 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 I mean, it does make sense that now that we're talking about it, like that the term was coined so recently because of just the overwhelming amount that we've seen of this happening on the internet lately. Yeah, and I mean, like, in another article that we pulled from The Guardian by Priya Elon from 2020 called Black Fishing, Black is Cool Unless You're Actually Black, she also acknowledges the whole Kim, Chloe, like, the whole Kardashian situation because she quoted a tweet from this Washington Post editor named Karen Atia where they tweeted... Oh, I don't see it as complicated. Kim Kardashian's proximity to an appropriation of blackness has gotten her and her family paid handsomely. She goes on to say that it's America's obsession with blackness and black culture, but without the black people. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's a lot of it. And I feel like there is so much not to go too much into just pop culture, but there is so much to think about and look into when it comes to like the Kardashian Jenner family and their adjacency to black culture and the fact that Kylie Jenner had been with Tyga for like four years and was with Travis Scott for like maybe a month before she got pregnant with Stormy and like why she had Travis Scott's baby and not Tyga's baby and all of these sorts of things when you think about how Kris Jenner is more of a publicist and manager than like a mom in the grand scheme of things. Oh my god. And how pop music artists, specifically female pop music artists and their adjacency to black culture and how we have seen these pop singers who started young and then wanted to move more into like the sexy like we've talked about in past episodes and their adjacency to black music and all these sorts of situations where it's like, why is leaning into blackness the route into being admitted into adult culture in Hollywood I mean, and in pop culture. Also, Justin Timberlake. Like, we're calling out yeah, pop girlies yeah. here, but, like, Justin Timberlake, prime example, as we've talked about before. Yeah. yeah, like, that's what I mean, is it's, like, we see this, like, in just in pop music in general, is it's, like, we had, again, like, a whole episode of these male stars when they move into being an adult solo singers, they move into R&B, and female singers do it, too, but they do it in a vastly different way than the male singers do. I feel like female singers, because of the pressures of the media and the public, their transition has to also be aesthetically, whereas male singers are just allowed to change sonically. You hit on what I was literally just about to ask you, which was, have you ever noticed how when we're doing all this blackfishing research, it's always women who are accused of blackfishing. I have never once come across a man accused of blackfishing. (laughs) And I think it's because blackfishing is like very largely associated with lip fillers, hair, tanning, and like body shape. Whereas like, well, I guess technically like Justin Bieber types have also been accused of black... I mean, Justin Bieber definitely has been accused of blackfishing, so I take back what I said. But women are largely more accused of it, whereas Justin Bieber's, like, the black scent, like we've talked about, which is, like, using AAVE, which is African-American vernacular English. And, of course, just, like, the way he acts and 
I mean, I guess a lot. I mean, Justin Bieber also like chains and tattoos and baggy clothes and like all that type of stuff is, I mean, you could call blackfishing as well. So it just seems like it happens so much more with women, partly probably yeah. what you what you mentioned due to women always having to reinvent their aesthetics. Well, also, I mean, like the rope is so much shorter when it comes to anything women do in pop culture where it's like you gain three pounds, you lose three pounds. Either way, it's getting reported on in the media. Men have a lot longer of a leash, so to speak, in regards to that. So like they have to do something really outlandish for them to get called out. But I think also, again, people have been bored the last two years because of the pandemic. So things are going to get called out more and acknowledged more when it should have probably been called out earlier on. Yeah. Because one of the main points that people were calling out about Jesse's boys music video was like the look and vibe and the style of dress of the men in the video being like stereotypically what people assume black men in the hood would dress like basically and so it's that vibe of like as you're saying basketball jerseys like baggy short baggy pants that whole look and it's like okay but (laughs) white guys in boy bands and white guys in pop music also were doing this for a while and like still do do it and it's like why are they not getting called out i don't know i it's it's just like that thing where i don't want to sound like i'm trying to act like i'm smarter than i am because i'm definitely not like i'm literally like i'm just (laughs) like a Jewish white girl from Long Island like what the fuck do I know you know but through this past year that Jenna and I have been doing this podcast and learning and growing and trying to understand how all this works it's just like you come across so many topics that come up over and over and over again when you're doing research that you're like oh shit we should save that link for a rainy day you know because like the black fishing conversation comes up time and time again and the cultural appropriation conversation comes up time and time again before the term blackfishing even came to be because you you have artists who lean into rap and hip-hop sounds when like it doesn't necessarily fit their vibe Gwen Stefani with Hollaback Girl and like even just Iggy Azalea's whole career of her being like the whitest person I've ever seen in my life but trying to contort her body to look like a black woman's body by getting butt injections and lip injections and even recently having a video come out where she was darker skinned than I think most of the black women in pop music who are popular right now are. And there's just been so much of it, like so much of this popping up and like even tiny things that people might view as just like indiscretions or like not that serious. They are because like we said in the beginning, (laughs) blackness just keeps getting erased by white people claiming it as theirs. And that's what white supremacists want. Like that's their goal is for white people to just glom onto things until there's no need for anything else. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot there. I mean, the Hall of Back Girl thing with Gwen Stefani, I do love that song. But the music video <laughs> is like, I think one of the the earliest things that like stands out in my memory of being like, Gwen Stefani seems like she maybe <laughs> is acting <laughs> like she's from the hood when she's not. So that was kind of like one of the first things of my in like my memory. But Sarah, I don't know if you had like anything that you remembered growing up. I mean, like, the Christina Aguilera, like, dirty phase feels very blackfishy to me. But she's also Latina. This is the thing is, like, where is the line drawn? Because, like, how much of, like, Latina culture is Latina culture versus, like, also taking from black culture? Well, also, and I feel like we mentioned this in Pop Girlies waking up one day and being like, I want to be seen as a sexual being and a woman now, thanks, that you can be white and Latina. That's a thing. 
So in response to what you're saying about like, oh, but Christina Aguilera is Latina. It's like, yes, but there are different aesthetics for things. And I feel like, as we said in our pop girl episode about like these girls becoming women and the sexualization of it all and everything, it seemed like her record label was like, oh, it's 2000. People don't know the difference between Latina and a person of color. We can push the envelope here and go a bit farther into left field with this because no one's going to question it because you have Spanish versions of your albums. So white people are just going to be like, oh, spicy and just be (laughs) fine fine with it. Yeah. And I mean, like she has done cornrows before. So I'm not not in any way trying to give Christina Aguilera a pass, but also like just the way that Latin American culture evolved was a lot of people coming from Jamaica over to like Panama to work on Mm -hmm. the Panama Canal. And that's literally how reggaeton was born. Like the mixing of black Jamaican culture and Panamanian culture. So Latina culture in general, Latinx culture, there's a lot of mixing. Yeah. So, I mean, like we've, we've talked before, like we mentioned at the start of the episode about Miley's bangers era and how a lot of people were kind of just like, oh, just because you have black people working with you on this doesn't necessarily mean that it's okay that you're doing this because then, of course, she just left it in the dust once she used it to sort of catapult her career out of teenhood stardom. I mean, you've even had Billie Eilish getting flack recently for speaking in a black scent, like Jenna already mentioned before, of Justin Bieber doing the same thing, of Billie literally changing the way that she spoke in the accent in which she spoke based off of the skin color of people around her and people were mad about that understandably because these are these things where it's like if you grow up in a certain neighborhood even if you are white you're gonna pick up on tonal sounds and other things like how people have southern accents no matter what their skin tone is it's gonna be the same thing if you grow up in the Bronx no matter like what you look like but Billie Eilish grew up in like affluent LA like that shouldn't be The way she talks, because that's not who she was brought up around, you know, like the type of culture she was brought up around. And so you just see these things again. It's always the coming back to there's enough white people doing it that other white people think that they can get away with it. But now that people are realizing that it's wrong, we're seeing a lot more people calling it out and being like, hey, maybe let's not. And I feel like that is what's going on with Jesse Nelson is she (laughs) took like the sharpest of turns into blackfishing with her solo career when she already had been called out for doing this while she was in Little Mix, even though she claims to not be aware of that happening, which like, okay, miss, like crying about bullying. Like you had to have known that you were also being called out for this. If like you were so upset with everything else people were saying about you. Like, not to be coarse or, like, too mean about it, but it's just frustrating when it's, like, how can no, you be hear mean some about comments? <laughs> but it's, like, how can like how can you hear she some no comments and not others? It. Yeah. Like, it's, it's ridiculous to, like, make all these claims and say, like, oh, Leanne has tougher skin than me. She can handle this more when it's, like, not, again, like, I don't want to be crass because, like, I've been bullied online and it's horrible. But it's, like, people are genuinely murdered for their skin color every day people are not very often murdered for being overweight (laughs) like and not even overweight but just girls are not usually like i'm i know that this has happened because men are crazy but i just mean like you don't see hate crimes against 
size eight women on the news. Like if somebody's killing a woman, it's they're just killing a woman. Meanwhile, if a black person dies, it's a fucking hate crime because it is a hate crime. Like they're doing it because they're black, like they're targeted. So like the fact that Jesse's like, oh, Leanne has tougher skin. It's like, yeah, because she was brought up to have to have it because black girls are taught. If you don't watch your back, like you're going to get murdered by somebody. Like that's just the case. That's just the case. Yeah, no, no, Jesse has no right in saying that or claiming that. And honestly, I don't know how this day and age, especially, especially somebody from a Western background can do something this egregious and like nobody (laughs) on their team, nobody on their team is going to stop them. It just feels like at this point we need cultural sensitivity training, like as a requirement, like (laughs) HR, where's the cultural sensitivity training HR? Oh yeah. HR doesn't exist in the music industry, but literally I don't understand how this music video got made and nobody was like, it'll be fine. We're not going to get any hate for this. Nobody thought she was going to get hate. <laughs> you thought the payoff was going to be better than the than the backlash. Because I feel like this is just going to flop her the rest of her career. There are so many layers to this where this is the most ridiculous follow up to Zayn being like, I want to leave the spotlight. I need rest. I don't want people up in my business. Jesse literally getting the same fucking script from Zayn's publicist to leave Little Mix. And then her comeback came so ridiculous. I, I don't even know. Like she did so many. More, I feel like she did so many more solo interviews than Zayn did. She did so much more stuff promoting this. There was so much budget. And I think it was specifically because of how successful Zayn has been after leaving One Direction. Jesse is working with Polydor, who is like a huge record label in England. Like- the same record label that had Ray, who wouldn't let yeah. her put out an album. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. So we clearly are seeing a pattern with Polydor and their want for racially ambiguous characters to fill a certain character arc in music. Wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me Ray, a mixed race woman was not allowed to put out R&B, was not allowed to put out music she wanted to. She was pigeonholed into dance pop. But Jesse Nelson, who is a white woman, is allowed to put out hip-hop, rap, whatever she wants music. Well, technically, this song is all, like, I feel like this song was kind of more pop, but 
aesthetics wise. I don't even know what the song was, but this is what I mean by layers. It's like, okay, so Jesse leaves Little Mix. She does a bunch of exit interviews with big publications about like why she's leaving. And then she starts to spin this narrative about how like she doesn't Poor care for the girls anymore. Poor me. Oh my God. Blah, blah. It's like, okay, your two ex bandmates just had babies. One of them had twins unexpectedly. Apparently, like, I didn't even know that. (laughs) (laughs) They just had babies. You're going on your solo career. You're doing all these interviews after being like, I'm leaving for my mental health. It's just crazy. Yeah, but it's like, oh, but I'm back in the spotlight. And it's like, I understand she's a good singer. There was so much potential for Jesse's career. She is talented. Don't get me wrong. But she gets signed, which obviously that makes sense. She would have gotten signed anyway, even if she wanted to wait five years like Louis Tomlinson did, because he had some sense to try and figure out what direction he wanted to take his music. But like she could have taken her sweet, sweet time and figured it out. But instead, she was like, no, the world needs Jesse Nelson, which, okay, fine. If you had had a better single, I could have agreed with that. But she was clearly like having meetings, having all this stuff because their aesthetic is slowly changing, moving even more into this black cultural vibes of her look and her hair and all these things. And it's like, she's leaning so far into this black fishing aesthetic that it's wild and crazy. And like, there are countless people on Twitter who are like, I did not realize that she was not one of the two mixed race people in Little Mix. Like I'm not alone in this thought process. And so you see all this happening. And so clearly behind the scenes, there are these discussions because there seems to be a huge budget behind her because yeah. of like the marketing stuff and all of these things. And just this video is so big, but also the fact that she is sampling Puff Daddy, Sean Diddy Combs, however you know him, P Diddy song, Bad Boys for Life in this song. Like they clearly had the budget to sample a huge hip-hop song and also have them as a cameo in the video and so you have this thing where it's like did the people at polydor think that jesse is mixed race like did she just not tell people like but this is what i'm trying to understand it's like in my mind as a white woman if i got signed to a record deal and they're throwing out all these ideas in like a pitch meeting or whatever and like oh yeah like all this black culture i'd be like i do not deserve to sample bad boy for life by p diddy who gave me the right to have access to that sample money 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 it's just infuriating when a black woman or a black man could have utilized that song sample and done it better it was wasted like, it was it was wasted because like the out. song isn't even good the only good part okay. of the song is nikki's feature and nikki's a fucking mess now and okay, I'm now so, i'm doxxed for life that i said that oh my god <laughs> we're gonna get there in a second okay let's just for those of you who haven't seen the music video we've been talking a lot about what jesse is doing but we haven't actually told you what you did (laughs) so there's a really great op-ed piece on this in iNews by a journalist called Nicholas Terrell Scott so I'm gonna quote a lot from how he put this together so the video is for a song called Boys it dropped October 8th it's featuring Nicki Minaj and Sean Diddy Combs in the music video as well and it samples his song Bad Boy for Life as Sarah said so the video attempts to channel the original Bad Boy for Life plotline with Nelson mirroring Diddy's disturbance of rich white suburban neighborhoods with rap adjacent aesthetics and a majority black entourage in recreating this comment on race and class as a white woman however nelson clearly does not fit within the narrative not only that but associating bad boys with exclusively rap and black music is knowingly or not 
problematic, and it feeds into the ongoing criminalization of rap originating genres on both sides of the Atlantic. As much as we talk about America and America's problems, England has problems too, okay, guys? (laughs) So this is a thing. And like when I read this article, my brain felt like it was exploding where I'm just like, holy shit. Because like when I watched the video, I was like, this is weird that this white girl is showing up like this because it's one of those things where I didn't remember like viscerally the P Diddy video, but I was like, this feels reminiscent of something from my child. And when I watched the same thing, I was like, why is she rocking up to like this old Deptford Wives-esque neighborhood and her tour bus with like an entourage of these people that look like they're trying to prove a point of oh they're coming to disturb the neighborhood when she's not part of that community so she has no right to say yeah that they're gonna disturb the neighborhood yeah because there was like part of me that was hoping they were gonna come out and it was gonna be like a genuine discussion on the idea of the expecting idea of what is going to come out of that kind of vehicle and instead it's like satire or something like that's what i was hoping for and instead it was just like (laughs) Per- it just drove like- <laughs> straight into the stereotype because yeah, money. Yeah, and it was it was just like so unsettling of this thing of like this white girl bringing an entourage of a stereotype of black people that has been just like perpetuated within white Hollywood media culture forever that's mostly bullshit. And like... <laughs> I'm just like, I'm genuinely at a loss for words, yes. which you guys know does yeah. not happen that often. <laughs> Actually, I went to her TikTok and there were some even worse things on her TikTok than this music video, to be honest, which I'll get to in a second. But so the writer goes on to point out how her complexion looked several shades darker than it has in the past. She's wearing tooth caps, heavy silver gold chains, baggy clothing and Timberland boots, as well as basically all around. He says looking like an attempt to co-opt African-American derived hip hop aesthetics compounded with what some have called a black scent. And then what I saw on tiktok was a promo for the music video and so it was like Mm -hmm. behind the scenes type stuff and she was like in different outfits where she was like wearing like a full grill and then i don't remember seeing because the music video has some white dancers in it too but in this tiktok i just remember seeing black dancers and they were Mm -hmm. all wearing like do rags and stuff like that in itself is not an issue the reason it's an issue is because her song is called boys and it's all about how she loves bad boys so it's playing into the as we said this awful stereotype of this aesthetic of person being criminalized throughout history and on top of that the comments were turned off on the video you could not comment on this tiktok the funny thing is is that jesse nelson's dating history is like she was engaged to jake roche from the band rixton which is a man who used to wear mumford and sons hats white girl autumn on instagram big rimmed hats all the time and then she dated chris clark from towie so another white man, Harry James, who I think was on Too Hot to Handle or Towie or like some other dumb. And then also Chris Hughes, who was on Love Island UK. So she's dated a bunch of like white boys with the good boy arc on whatever thing that they are doing. Nothing about them is hard or scary or somebody that your mom is like, don't ever bring them back here. Because it's, I don't know. It's like she could have had this song and it could have not been about black men. 
Yes. Like, it could have been just about all men, like, in general. Like, she could have had stereotypes of bad boys. So, like, she could have had, like, a Chad and, like, <laughs> like a Jose and I don't even know, like, a Tyrell. Like, she could have had all three of the stereotypes of, like, in America. I don't even know because it felt like a bad American early 2000s movie is why I'm saying, like, American yeah. stereotypes. Do other dumb stereotypes and make it a fucking satire. You don't need to literally commodify a P. Diddy music video and be like uh, i'm p diddy now uh, while like p diddy welcomes you into the neighborhood meanwhile like why was p diddy not there with the rich old white man being like oh it's fine we know these folks there could have just been like some nudge nudge wink wink at the fact that this was like a fucking mess <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, there's a lot more. We could get into a lot more details on how much of a mess this was. There really was just so much going on in this video. And part of me wonders with the Diddy sample and with him having a cameo in the video, part of me wonders if because it was kind of like a reimagination of his original video, if he had a part in the creative direction of this. Mm. I'm curious if he was on the team for this whole concept. I just want to believe that P. Diddy has more respect for his legacy than to do that. But also like... P. Diddy and his white party and P. Diddy and all these things. Like, I feel like P. Diddy is just a capitalist at heart. So like, I don't know. I don't know how to understand it. And this is the one thing when we were doing research for this episode that I, I personally was like looking at and could not find anything of a black journalist writing about P. Diddy's involvement in this and doing any deep dive into that because all I know is his legacy as a rapper and hip hop star, you know? I don't really know what P. Diddy's been up to yeah. over the past like decade and a half other than the fact that every summer he has an all-white party in the Hamptons. That's all I know is like P. Diddy's white party where like you wear white clothes to a party at his house in the Hamptons. I also don't know enough about about him as a person, his like his beliefs, anything. All of this coupled with the fact that Nicki Minaj was defending Jesse Nelson kind of gives me a hint of a disconnect from society. Mm. What I'm trying to say is that privilege, wealth being one of those things, changes the way people perceive the world. Why mm. would Kanye yeah. endorse Trump? Okay, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Why would Kanye say slavery is a choice? I'm saying wealth clouds <laughs> changes people's perceptions of the world. And I'm just wondering yeah. if that's kind of what happened in this situation. But I don't know who was on the creative team. So I can't say for sure. Yeah. I don't know, because you do have a point in the fact that there were so many callbacks to Diddy and then him also making a cameo and him essentially giving his stamp of approval and then just kind of moving on, like not acknowledging anything else. Because was he not called for comment? I don't know. But the Nikki situation is also weird, which we will get into. I'm going to stop jumping ahead 3,000 steps without giving you guys context. But like Nicki Minaj has worked with Little Mix in the past, so Nicki Minaj could potentially genuinely be like good friends with Jesse Nelson. And so I feel like there is also that potential of her feeling the need to protect her friend. But also Nicki Minaj is known for making large blanket statements, but sometimes miss the mark. But like usually she is on the side of defending blackness being for black people. Yes, because she called out Miley Cyrus for all her twerking. As we all know, just in regards to Nicki Minaj, as Jenna said, in 2015, you saw her 
being like, why are no black women nominated for music video of the year for the VMAs, calling out Taylor Swift, this whole thing, Nikki and Taylor making up, and then Miley making some comments in an interview. So basically what had happened was that, as I said, Miley Cyrus had done an interview where she said, what I read sounded very Nicki Minaj, which if you know Nicki Minaj is not too kind. It's not very polite. I think there's a way to speak to people with openness and love. You don't have to start this pop star against pop star war. I know you can make it seem like, oh, I just don't understand because I'm a white pop star. I know the statistics. I know what's going on in the world. But to be honest, I don't think MTV did that on purpose. And then at the VMAs, Nikki called out Miley by being like, Miley was good. And Miley Cyrus looked terrified by Nicki Minaj calling her out. And then later on, following up after the VMAs, during a New York Times magazine interview, Nicki Minaj wanted to articulate her issue with Miley. And so basically what she said was, you're in videos with black men and you're bringing out black women on your stages, but you don't want to know how black women feel about something that's so important. And then she continued on by saying, come on, you can't want the good without the bad. If you want to enjoy our culture and our lifestyle, bond with us, dance with us, have fun with us, twerk with us, rap with us. Then you should also want to know what affects us, what is bothering us, what we feel is unfair to us. You shouldn't not want to know that. So she's speaking very eloquently about this issue because she cares about it. She cares about the fact that Miley appropriated Black culture. She was blackfishing to an extent, but it was more like cultural appropriation because she's literally taking parts of their culture rather than just an aesthetic and using them to further her career. And so this is why it's so shocking to us and to lots of people on the internet and just in media and just in general of the fact that after all of these like blackfishing complaints about Jessie and her boys music video and all this stuff come out, Nikki and Jessie go on Instagram live to promote the single and Nikki goes to bat for Jesse and it honestly was a shock and just not something I was expecting at all. I kind of was like expecting them to just not bring it up whatsoever or even Nikki kind of maybe poke a bit of fun at Jesse at least. So yeah, it was so bizarre. And this Instagram live, what happened leading up to this was that there's these screenshots going around. We're not sure if they're real or not. Allegedly, there was a DM between a musician or like an artist and Leanne and Leanne basically saying that Jesse should be called out for cultural appropriation. We're not sure if these screenshots are real or not, but these were going around and then it looked like Little Mix, Jade, Perry, and Leanne unfollowed Jesse, but other people are saying Jesse probably blocked all of them, which probably mm-hmm. sounds like a little bit more accurate. So this is what was happening leading up to this Instagram live. So then when they were on the live, Nikki just started kind of going off and defending Jesse, saying that it was uncalled for for Leanne to do this. And she ranted for a very, very, very long time. So at some point, Jessie's talking about how she had like incredible memories being part of Little Mix. And she says, I've always been very honest and open about the struggles I've had, how she was controlling, fat shaming, people said shit about her face. She said she definitely tried to change herself when she was in Little Mix because she wanted to be accepted even before she was in Little Mix. Some people probably who didn't know her would think that it's a big change for her, like her styling or like her music has changed a lot. But she says, but actually, this is what I grew up on as a kid. These were the music videos I was inspired by. When I was in Little Mix, I just wanted to be accepted. So I changed the way I dressed. I tried to go on stupid diets, did everything I could to be accepted. But I just want to be my true self. 
make the music I want to make, all this kind of stuff. Oh, she says, because at the end of the day, Nikki, you live once and you've got to do what makes you happy. So she is talking to Nicki Minaj, talking about like why she went with this direction for her music video. And so then Nikki responds by saying, for a really fucking long time in my life, as soon as people can get a bag with you, they tend to want to stop your bag. So... It seems like from the clips that I've seen of this Instagram live that it's like two friends kind of having a heart to heart about a shitty situation that happened where Jesse's just trying to act like a bit of a victim, act like, oh, I didn't know. I just love this culture. I love this music. It's always what I cared about. And it's like, okay, but did you ever notice that it was like all people who were from a different racial background than you that sang this type of music? There are ways to do this appropriately people do it all the time you know like there are ways to do it without really taking something that's not yours but that's like uh, i don't i don't even know like i don't even know how to get into that like that's not my place because that's not my focus in music you know but so Nicki minaj off of jesse making the comment of like i just gotta do what makes me happy this is the music that i love by essentially being like the second you start having success and making money without the people who like helped you get there people are gonna start to tear you down people are gonna start to judge you for different things because they're like oh you would be nothing without xyz but it's like (laughs) in regards to being in a girl group that is way more factual than like people trying to degrade Nicki Minaj for being a featured artist on a lot of songs and then moving on to solo music that sounds different than the song she featured on you know it's like a whole other conversation and so there's the whole thing about her just sort of going off about oh people backstabbing you and leaving you behind and like not being happy for your own success and like your solo things and all this stuff and then we get to the Nicki for some reason defending Jesse about the black fishing allegations so then she sort of goes on this side quest rants about a very long rant very <laughs> very long rant yeah about appropriation and what it means for black women and what it means for white women and jenna do you want to go a bit more into detail about i do have a quote here how the spiraled so before she gets into like trying to define what is appropriation and what is not she's like referring to these alleged text messages like telling jesse print out your messages print out those receipts and then she says stop trying to hurt people and kill people's lives and careers and i think she's insinuating like leanne is doing this and then she's like if you want to sell a career baby girl just say that like you can go out and put out your own music we're going to support you you don't have to attack someone else how would it feel if it was like the reverse you know somebody attacking you when you're in a group together for 10 years so She's like totally flipping the situation on Leanne and make as if like Leanne is like the attacker here. And then Nikki goes on to say about the black fishing, like tell these singers you follow these reality TV people that y'all follow to take off your spray tan, take off their lips, take off everything they're doing. That means the black girls can't wear a long blonde weave down to our feet. So please stop. It screams insecurity. It screams that you're jealous. Only jealous people do things like this. And now you just look like a big jealous bozo. Please stop. I love you guys. I love all you all, but please don't do this. I feel like she was calling out Leanne so hard. but then like trying to make it sound like she wasn't calling out Leanne by like all of y'all like all of y'all followers the fact that she called out Miley Cyrus and very eloquently called out Miley Cyrus and then like in this situation she's like Leanne who is a mixed race individual suddenly is like Jesse's the victim here yeah well this is the other thing where she literally is calling out Leanne without saying it is how she's like oh if you was in this woman's group and you ain't talking about this shit in 10 years and as soon as you see she's got a video coming out with Nicki Minaj and Puffy now you're sending the stations for text messages and all this shit and it's like 
like I'm pretty sure there must have been some sort of conversation. I can't even remember. I feel like there's no way in hell that nothing was ever hinted at because I feel like if Jessie has gone such full steam ahead in the like how dark she's made her skin and how much she's gone into like the aesthetic dressing of like the book cover of what you assume black women are gonna dress like and act like you know there must have been something holding her back while she was in Little Mix that it didn't go this far before. She also said she was trying to fit in with the Little Mix aesthetic but we don't know if there was more to it than that. But also, like, if she wanted to have darker skin that has nothing to do with the fucking Little Mix aesthetic. And there also was, like, no Little Mix aesthetic. Little Mix has never had an aesthetic other than like, a jumble of, <laughs> of mess. But, I mean, like, like, she was tanned and, like, had work done when she was in Little Mix. It didn't go this far until now that she's solo and she doesn't have a black friend next to her in all points of the career where it's like she was getting work done but also I feel like when we watch the documentary about Jesse it seems like they're kind of like maybe dial it back a little bit it kind of felt like they were like you're beautiful without it you don't need yeah. it yeah and I feel like it's hard for friends and like people who are your friends and your co-workers to be like hey babes <laughs> Maybe don't do this. Like, I feel like it's yeah. really difficult to know how to do it. Well, with, I don't know, with the, like, physical appearance changes, I feel like that happens usually slowly over time. So it's hard to, like, yeah. realize when it's happening. But as we saw in Leanne's documentary, Leanne was talking about her having to find her own voice as, like, a black mm-hmm. woman in society. And, like... learning about what to even say or how to even say anything because she was very much just did what she was told stayed in line and so we know that like leanne has come to her own personal reckoning with this as well we also know that when jesse was in little mix she had cornrows she had box braids she was called out for it whether or not she recognizes that she was called out for it is another story but there still were instances when she was in little mix when she was doing these things so for jesse to pretend like nothing ever happened when she was in little mix is just not true Yeah, I feel like it must be so hard for somebody like Leanne who is mixed race and also is thrown into stardom and all this stuff. And it's like, as she said in her documentary, like about finding her voice, like you said, it must be so hard when like they were so close to even know the right words to say, because you might not even know how to acknowledge that you feel like your friend is doing something that makes you feel uncomfortable because like you don't know the right words and you don't know how to explain it because it has been so common for white women to wear box braids and do these things in the media and especially within music and so it's like these things where like you're told that that's not normal but also like the media is trying to tell you that it is normal because once again it's like if white girls do it enough it'll become a white girl thing and it will be fine but that's bullshit and so I don't know there's just like so much going on and you do have Jesse just completely playing the idiot in responses to these things where she's like, nobody ever told me I was black fishing. I had absolutely no idea. (laughs) And it's like, oh, honey, literally in May, you were asked about black fishing. Like, what do you mean in October? You don't know what's going on and being like, oh, I don't check my social media. So like, I don't know what's happening. You guys know I was bullied. The article written by Nicholas Tyrell Scott that I was quoting earlier, like he does acknowledge that her social media team was going and like deleting comments and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. So it could potentially be that the comments the online comments weren't even getting to Jesse because she was like, I can't be online. But 
her social media team absolutely did see them. So again, it's like the amount of people on her team who thought this was okay. And finally, finally, after this Instagram live, she does at least acknowledge that she has done something for once, <laughs> for once, first time ever. She acknowledges that she is in fact a white British woman. She says, I think as well, while we're on the subject, I personally want to say that my intention was never to offend people of color with this video and my song, because like I said, growing up, it was the music I listened to. It was the music I watched for me personally 90s 2000s hip-hop and r&b is the best era she says i just want to celebrate that i just wanted to celebrate that era and then she says it actually really does hurt me that i may have offended people and have hurt people's feelings by genuinely celebrating something that i love and she says i just want to touch on the tanning thing i want people to know when she was in the video with nikki she didn't really have a fake tan on she said she had been in tigua prior to that for three weeks and she was really lucky that as a white girl when she's in the sun she tends to darken she said even leanne when she was in little mix said are you sure you're not mixed race because you go darker than me in the sun it's crazy i just wanted to come on this live today and show everyone that my hair is naturally curly i've always had curly hair i got from my dad this just feels icky of her being like leanne's even said that like i get darker than her i don't know it just is uncomfortable i mean there was also a guardian article and i can't really tell because it's very long if she was interviewed by the guardian or if they're like quoting her from another interview but it said that in may she was accused of black fishing and there's a quote from jesse saying i would never want to offend anyone and that was really upsetting i wasn't aware that's how people felt and that she sounded bewildered by the allegations and it's like okay this cropped up in may like when did they film this music video like when was this happening where it's like i just don't understand why at that point was it not scrapped like are, are there truly no black people who work at polydor Okay, so my issue is less with the tan. And I agree, like, her saying that about Leanne feels like, I have a black friend, so it's okay. I'm not racist. Like, that's kind of what it feels like, like a cop-out. But it's more so, to me, the main reason this video was atrocious was because of the way the lyrics are, talking about bad boys, and because the boys are actually represented. And yeah, she was wearing a grill, which was not cute. But it's less so, to me, her wearing baggy clothes than, like, what was implied in the song. Yeah, I mean, as we said, like, there's just, like, so many layers to this, but... Yes, the lyrics to the song are a mess. The music video itself was a mess. There are so many other things than like her body embodying like blackness. Like there's so much else to it than just that. And I feel like all of those layers have been acknowledged in the responses in the media to this because people are rightly offended by by every aspect of this launch into solo stardom. Yeah. And I mean, again, just going back to it all, it's like could have been done better. You know, why was no one on her team saying anything and also just weird move with Nikki coming to her defense? I mean, but like you said, maybe they have a past friendship beyond this Mm -hmm. and so she doesn't see jesse's intentions as bad like that could very well be the case but you don't have to throw leanne under the bus in order to defend jesse if you truly think jesse's intentions were well you know what i mean yeah there was no reason for her to to, like accuse leanne of being jealous yeah or even just insinuate that it's like oh i'm gonna bring this person down because they left me in a lurch by leaving my band or whatever like it's just ridiculous and not everything is bullying either if leanne really did make comments first of all 
the alleged screenshots weren't even bad. It was just like, you should call Jesse out for cultural appropriation is basically what they said. And that she like wasn't happy about the video. So like maybe Jesse's like, say it to my face if you have something to say. But also mm-hmm. like your friend, someone you've known for 10 years, calling you out isn't bullying. Not every criticism is bullying. And I feel like Jesse is just so sensitive about it that she's yeah. going to take it that way. She has the victim mentality because like, as we talked about in our little mixed episode, like what she went through was horrible. The way the media treated her was awful. The way the public treated her was awful. She was bullied to a ridiculous extent and people were like hoping to get a response out of her and like that can truly wear you down. But like I said at the beginning, you don't read about hate crimes against women for being bigger than people want them to be. But Leanne, as a black woman, has every right to be like, afraid of people being hateful because people do just kill black people for fun like people in the south have fucking lynching parties still that was in the news recently of like a bunch of people i think in florida or alabama or one of those places trying to lynch a fucking black man there was a video of it this stuff is still happening so i just like don't It's just crazy to me that Jesse can still be like, I have it the worst. Everybody's going to bully me forever. I'm always going to be bullied. And so it's like when you have that mentality, you can't even acknowledge really, truly that you've done something wrong because you're just like, I am always the victim. People are always bullying me no matter what I do. I can't ever do anything right. So it's like harder to learn when you always are expecting to be attacked for everything you do because that's like what you think is the norm. I think also just with Jesse's documentary and leaving the band and her first solo interviews, basically when we recorded our little mix episode, we were yeah. all rooting for her, right? Yeah. Like we were on her side. We wanted her to do well. But if she's going to like fuck up, then like we have to call her out. And, you know, we've seen other critics of this mentioning how long before she gets rid of this aesthetic, how long before she moves on to the next thing, because this is a trend we see. Miley Cyrus, bangers era. Goodbye. I mean, you even see it with like Ariana Grande of people saying how she hasn't made any signs of moving away from the R&B music that her voice is so fitting to. But you do see now that she's like a married woman. Like ever since her wedding, she's not appearing as dark skinned as she was before. She's on the voice right now and she looks like a whole ass white lady as she is. And so it's just interesting to see when the aesthetic, when the vibes stop fitting, like what you're trying to portray to the world, you can just step out of it. And black women can't stop being black women. They can't stop getting paid 63 cents on the dollar to what white men are making. Like they just can't one day wake up and be like, oh, I'm going to be white now and like have all the perks of being a white lady. Like that doesn't happen. And so you just have this thing where it's like, it's not a costume to put on. These are people's real lives and it affects them every single day. And it instills fear in them because we live in like a very heavily white supremacist nation in America here. And white women who lean into blackness don't have those same fears and they don't have those same worries and qualms with the world as black women do. So it's just like, oh my God, just fucking stop. Just do your own thing, you know? It's so easy to like appreciate a culture without stealing everything from it. But this is what I was saying is I don't think white America knows how to do that. Or white Brit Britain knows how to do that. I don't think they know how to do that because clearly this keeps happening. I mean, 
yeah, I get. I, like, I mean, I to a degree, like, sure. I'm just like, I'm just maybe I'm just poking. No, 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 no. I mean, like you're right. I feel like there is like a huge portion of England and America that has no idea how to like appreciate cultures that aren't theirs without just stealing it and trying to make it theirs. Yeah, and it's so wild to really think about because I was gonna be like, well, people appreciate Mexican food, but then it's like, oh, but we we made. American Mexican food and people dress up on Cinco de Mayo and they do dumb shit like that or it's like oh people eat sushi all the time now but it's like yeah but people also fucking fetishize Japanese people so like I don't know if America knows how to do anything normal. With all that, like, jokes aside, it's so infuriating and I'm thankful that you guys are allowing us to, like, talk about this stuff and learn more about this stuff. And again, if we've said anything completely out of pocket, please let us know. But I feel like we are, I don't know, like, not to be whatever, but, like, I feel like we do a good job of acknowledging the fact that we are just (laughs) two white girls trying our fucking best and that there's just so much going on and it's so infuriating that this is still going on and that we have these Jesse Nelson situations where, like, periodically throughout her time in the spotlight, she has appropriated blackness in some level and then her solo career she just was like maybe if i try hard enough they'll think i'm black like rachel dolezal already tried to identify as a black woman as a white woman she was a president for a national association for the advancement of colored people she was a college professor she did all these things acting as a black woman and then it came out that she was white she was white the whole time but she identified as black and so you have all of these like situations of white people like not to be like a fake woke white person but i mean like it's the whole fucking point of get out of like white people wanting (laughs) to be something that they're not and then like stealing black people (laughs) and like trying to become them it's fucking insanity crazy but like white people want what they can't have and it's uh i just feel like i don't even know what to say anymore i'm just like so flabbergasted and frustrated and annoyed by everything that's going on like the more we learn about the music industry the more i'm just like i want to love music so much but like how 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 can i enjoy this when everything's stolen and nobody admits it and i'm just like tired and exhausted by it and exhausted by like excuses jesse nelson admit you did something wrong and that's what i don't understand is it's like so many of these women have a really big issue admitting that they did something wrong like miley tried to like admit she kind of did something wonky but like it was still not great and then she just like went full on white lady with her next album (laughs) and like just left it behind just left it in the dust I don't know how we fix it I don't know what we're supposed to do because every time it seems like things are moving forward positively it stops I don't know when it was moving forward positively but (laughs) well I I just mean like it's still minimal it's still not great but I just mean like I guess the fact that it's being called out 
but it's also like there are more black women in the top 100 than there were like five years ago but there's still not a lot of them but (laughs) as we always say it's like these tiny little steps and then we want to fucking pat on the back so i mean i don't know it's just all a mess and i'm frustrated i feel like my final thought that as atrocious as it is of what jesse has done it is also a great discourse has been brought to life for us to be able to have these conversations and learn from other people's mistakes yeah well that's like the one thing is i feel like this is unfortunately very much so like a learning moment for everybody else except for jesse who doesn't seem to want to let it be a learning moment and so yeah i mean if you guys have thoughts on this our question to you guys is how do you think that this can be rectified going forward what do we think that the moves can be for these teams to think about so that this doesn't happen and we see artists like ray being allowed to do what they want and see artists like jesse maybe being told like maybe pull the reins back a bit and do this more tastefully like do this differently (laughs) i would just love to hear your guys thoughts on that and you can reach us on social media at name three songs on twitter instagram or shoot us an email if you have lots of thoughts and feelings we would love to chat more about this topic so come find us on socials we're at name three songs or you can talk to us personally i am at sarah underscore fagan and jenna is at jenna underscore million so thanks for joining us on name three songs until next time never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band and remember you're never too cool to listen to megan the stallion don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review they really help if you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode, you can visit namethroughsongs.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.